So do you remember when we had the initial idea about the weekly hook? This was just supposed to be this side project that would be less, way, way less time intensive than serially hooked. I'd still say it's less time intensive. We don't have anything to watch or not as much to watch. Yeah, I guess so. But, uh, you know, listening to a lot of music for Joe Saishi or going through <laughs> uh, all of my podcasts and, all, and you know, all of that has has been um you know a little time intensive and uh this week also has taken quite a lot of time because i went down so many rabbit holes oh my god i'm so excited So we all have uh, actors or directors or screenwriters who we really like. And uh, when we hear they are involved in a movie, it, Ryan Johnson. Uh, <laughs> it greatly increases the likelihood of us watching that movie. And uh, to give you some examples, let's stick to directors for a minute. And uh, for both of us, those would be, among others, uh, Ryan Johnson, Denis Villeneuve, Taika Waititi and Edgar Wright. Oh, by the way, I totally got Jana on Taika Waititi bandwagon. She's in love with his movies and him as a person. She's just like watching YouTube videos of his interviews and just being like, he's the only celebrity I want to meet. Or not the only, but the most important one for her to meet. <laughs> I get that. Um, but there is another uh, much less known entity that's crucial uh, to filmmaking. And, uh, you know, there's one example of this entity that whenever I hear that they are involved, I immediately become intrigued. And uh, the entity is production. And the example and today's topic is A24. Oh, so good. Yes. I can't wait for this. Oh, my God. Yes. I love <laughs> A24. Okay. Yeah. Good choice. Nice. Thank you. Um, before I want to get into A24 specifically, I want to get into what their job is and what they're doing and so we have to talk about movie production. But what is it exactly that producers do? Um, we've all seen their names in the credits. And for the longest time, I thought, sure, they've provided the money. So I guess that gives them the right to have their names appear on screen. However, we have to differentiate. And um, for our purposes, I'll go into two distinct uh, titles. One is executive producer and the other one is producer. So executive producers usually don't give money. That's the studio or other financial backers. Instead, they are the people who get the funding from the studios. Mm. They negotiate the budget with the studio, uh, determine the schedule of the whole production process, and make sure that a movie is finished within a set time frame, within a budget, and also within certain uh, standards of quality. That being said, there are some really hands-on producer, executive producers who can be very much influential on the style of a movie as well, just as there are executive producers who do finance movies with their own money. Executive producers oversee the entire production process and they are managers of other producers. Thus, they are the executives of producers. People can also get a sort of honorary title as an executive producer, as I have learned, because Sometimes they themselves are a big name name and lend their credibility to a project that they believe in, but they're not necessarily actively involved with. And uh, this inflation of executive producers also shows 
because on average in the early early 1990s there were about two people credited as executive producers in the mid 2010s however the average was four to five in comparison at the same time in the mid 2010s there were an average of three people credited as uh, producing a movie uh, and yeah that kind of leads us to the question what is a producer in comparison well it's kind of complicated And it's complicated because there is no uniform, generally applicable job description. Uh, and to maybe mix two metaphors here, there are there are a lot of cogs in the filmmaking machine and some of them wear many hats. There are people who are there every step of the way from pre-production, that means like discovering a project, developing it with a screenwriter whom they also hire, getting funding, hiring the director and other crucial crew members to production, overseeing filming and being in charge to keep everything running, basically. And post-production, you know, working together with the director, editor and composer, but also being involved in marketing and distribution. And those people will be credited as produced by in the credits. So, you know, that's a fun uh, exercise for next time you're watching a movie and then you know who did what a little bit there are also really interesting breakdown videos on youtube that i saw like basically breaking down what every title in a film credit what that means and what their role was but yeah that's too intense for today maybe but speaking of credits maybe it's ultimate form in the movie industry is receiving an academy award or oscar and do you know who gets the academy award for best picture It's not the director, because they have their own category. And uh, now it's the producers uh, who are the recipient of that award. And I have to be honest with you, I didn't know that uh, until I started preparing for today's episode. Which is also, you know, because a lot of big name directors specifically are also the producers of their own movies, just so they have more control over it. Of course, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's kind of a blend. Uh, there are also other producer titles such as co-producer which basically just signifies that there is that there is a production team that shares the load of the various tasks and then there are assistant or associate producers and line producers who all kind of have their own specific tasks but yeah that's going too far for today so um, <laughs> to sum up uh, executive producers are very much related to the movie studios and they are in charge of managing the monetary aspects of movie production whereas producers are related to the production company which gets all the money for a given project to realize it from the studios and they are basically in charge of logistics managing the everyday of the production process and the people involved in it Now with that uh, clarified, hopefully, hopefully I've clarified this, we can talk about A24, but not really because there is more, because A24 <laughs> produces movies, but it's also heavily involved in the distribution of movies it hasn't produced. So very briefly, um, movie distribution is, as you might guess, the distribution of new movies. It's about getting your movie in front of as many eyeballs as possible. And that includes old school stuff like movie theaters, TV and DVDs or Blu-rays. But with the recent advent of video on demand, streaming services such as Netflix, Amazon Prime, iTunes, Google Play, and others have become just as important. Yeah, and film festivals play a really, really big role in getting a, an independent movie picked up. 
since this is the venue in which a lot of representatives of movie theater chains and movie studio executives are present. And yeah, no, they're kind of basically on a shopping trip because they're always on the lookout for the next big thing to acquire within, uh, but also outside of the film festival circuit. Distribution companies pitch movies to those gatekeepers and they also take charge of the marketing. So things like deciding what the targets, target audience is and how to get them interested in the movie. But also, yeah, basically everything advertising related. They make sure that your movie gets a rating according to the, you know, whatever respective authority is in charge, you know, with criteria such as violence, language and nudity. And they set a release date for the movie and handle the press and all this thing and all these things. Did I ever tell you about when I was in high school, I had a crazy, silly business idea to act as a middleman between movie theaters who couldn't go to festivals and movie distributors? Whoa. <laughs> no, I did not know that. Wow. I remember very distinctly walking home in my friend's neighborhood and just discussing about how it would work and uh, t like traveling schedules and funding and just be like, all right, this is a thing. It's going to grow. Like, like I remember I was very convinced that this was uh, a possibility and something that I was going to succeed with. Wow. We a glimpse into my high school days. Yeah. One day we really need to talk about like your business life because it's like, I've only heard like things here and there, like, you know, managing cafes and like this stuff and where you've worked. And that's just like how, like you're not that old. How did you do all of these things? <laughs> Uh, that's crazy. I did not know that. So you basically knew like a lot of the things that I've said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was part of like the research that I did at that time. And it's yeah. just something I've been into films for a long time mm -hmm. and very much interested in the business aspect of it as well. And it's yeah. just a fun thing. And it's just cool to hear about it and go through this again, especially with one of my favorite uh, companies. Ah, there, cool. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have anything... Uh... <laughs> have I done have I uh, have I made any gross mistakes oh absolutely not and the one thing I will say is that you know I don't know if we're transitioning to A24 right now or not right now <laughs> perfect whenever I will say this before you go into it uh -huh. whenever I go into a film and I see A24 mm. coming on the screen right before the film's about to start I know I'm in for a great ride yeah. and it's just such an exciting uh, thing to see and I'm mm. happy to talk about it today Cool. So do you, but you, that always kind of surprises you, but you never really look up in advance. Okay. What are A24's movies? No, okay. generally no. I, I don't uh, follow it ahead of time because mm -hmm. often what I'll do, especially if I go see a film, like there's different kinds of films I'll go see. Either I'll know everything about a movie and I'll go see it. But for smaller indie films or other things, I'll just go see a film without knowing anything about it, not watching the trailer, not knowing what's behind it, and just kind of experiencing it firsthand. Cool. Right. So, and those films are often the A24 films that, I mean, that, that I think the latter category characterizes most A24 films mm. um, than the former. Yeah, I think the only exception might have been Moonlight, which mm -hmm. I watched in Oscar season, and I had known a little bit about it going into it, yeah. um, leading up to the Oscars that year. But I mean, if you if you're interested in the business aspect of movie of the movie uh, industry, you're gonna love the next part because now we can finally talk about A24, and where I'm gonna give a brief overview of the company's history as well. 
Can I ask you a question? Or sure. maybe you're going to ask me this question later. But what's the first A24 film you saw? Ooh. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is a very good. That is a really good question. I know for what it is for me. And it, it is still my favorite A24 film, I think. The first, the very first one that I saw. Something maybe that you also noted that it was from A24. Right? Yeah. That's that's a good question. I think, I think the very first one that I saw was Locke. Ah, okay. Uh, and the very first one where I noted it was probably Ex Machina. Yeah, Ex Machina is my answer. Yeah. Um, I had see. I think I had seen Spring Breakers, but I saw Spring Breakers after Ex Machina. Yeah, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, might have been. I don't. I'm. I don't remember. I mean, I know that Ex Machina came out before Lady Bird, but I'm not sure which one I watched first. Uh, okay. I remember seeing Ex Machina in theaters, and yeah. I remember, I forget what it was. I was trying to go with a friend and he wanted to go see, I think, a DC Comics movie, I think. It was <laughs> oh, some God. Batman versus Superman oh. or something like that. And I was Never. like, no, we're watching Ex Machina. And he was like, absolutely not. And I convinced him to w- to watch it. Nice. And now it's one of his famous favorite movies ever made. Nice. <laughs> I mean, speak speaking of labels and stuff, you know, A24 is a sign me up and yeah. a... And DC is just a hard no. It's so bad. It's like I don't. I don't even know if there if, is there a good DC movie. Uh, the first Wonder Woman is mediocre. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That's a ringing endorsement. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen any of them, but you just need to look at the trailers and know that this is bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and you know, going back to my last episode about you know podcasts they the flophouse podcast has talked about quite a few dc movies they just did a they did three episodes on the um what was it the snyder cut the snyder cut yeah yeah they they did like one on the theatrical release and then two like a two episodes on the on the on the like snyder cut and yeah they also talked about batman v superman and all of that stuff um so. I don't know how they spend that much time. Those movies I can't watch, to be honest. Even yeah. I can't. And I, I have a know. stomach for bad movies. I really enjoy this podcast, but I couldn't do the format. Like, I don't... Why would I... I mean, it's fun to what to talk about a shitty movie. But again, like, I have something I've said previously as well. Like, I, much, I would much rather uh, watch a good movie and then talk about it. Yeah, of course. You know? Of course. Like, it's... You know, it ends up, especially with, I think, with our personalities, if we were to just watch bad movies, we would just spend two hours yelling at each other and just <laughs> in frustration. Yeah. Hate watching. Hate watching is a thing, but... Uh... I have hate watched stuff, but they are generally, like, TV shows that I just mm. leave in the background. I don't actively hate watch, if that makes sense. I will yeah. hate watch if I'm just, like, it's noise. Or, like, if you're, yeah, if you're doing it in, in company as well, and that's kind of the, the point of it. Yeah. That I can be way, I mean, that, that can be fun. So anyway, A24, we finally get to talk about it. So it was founded in uh, 2012 by Daniel, Ka- Daniel Katz, David Fenkel, and John Hodges, all of whom had been involved in the movie industry before in various in various ways. If you've wondered, the A24, the name of the company, refers to an Italian motorway, which connects Rome to the Adri- Adriatic Sea. And yeah, it just so happened that Katz was driving on it when he came up with the idea for the company. And that's, you know, kind of the reason. That's really cool because that's an old, really famous road. 
that also has has a lot of like ties to movie making as well with like italian uh classical italian cinema yeah because i was gonna say because the way i know about it is that road is really famous for the road that leads to rome from rimini Mm -hmm. right and oh is it rimini yeah i think it is yeah and um that has like a lot of classical uh roman influence Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that would have that, that same influence in the cinema. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and history will tell us whether A24 will ever become as important as Julius Caesar. So um, they secured seed funding and a few years later they extended their financial capabilities to you know, uh, fund their expansion as a company. And initially A24 was just a film distribution company Uh, in 2013 it started out with uh, they started out with the distribution of five movies and uh, slowly built from there peaking in 2019 with 19 movies uh, obviously afterwards uh, that number decreased significantly due to covid in 2014 they started distributing tv shows uh, also producing them movie production in 2016 and launched the A24 podcast in 2018, which I can, of course, recommend. Hashtag podcasts. In terms of movies, though, they really started with a bang, as you mentioned, because the first movie A24 produced was Barry Jenkins's Moonlight. And yeah, over the next few years, the company also extended its structure, recruiting established names in the industry for key positions And today, the company has distribution deals with Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Apple TV Plus, and Showtime, among others. But that's obviously not the reason A24 is today's topic. And the reason is that if you go through their list of movies uh, that they distribute and produce, you can see that they clearly are opinionated about which movies to choose. I can't quite put a name to what is the common theme when it comes to their movies, but maybe it's that although they aren't similar in genre or anything they are stylistically remarkable in some way and differ significantly from more mainstream movies and if you ask me they have incredibly good taste and uh, yeah to showcase this i just want to quickly run down two lists of projects a24 has been involved in and first off we have movies that they have distributed and that includes the bling ring enemy lock a most violent year Ex Machina, Room, the, the Green Room, and yes, those are two different movies. The Lobster, Swiss Army Man, 20th Century Women, Lady Bird, The Disaster Artist, First Reformed, and How to Talk to Girls at Parties. And those are all pretty good movies, um, one way or the other. Some of them very good. Some of them really, really good. But it gets even better if we look at the movies they haven't only distributed, but also produced. I would say that's an might be an even better list. And among others, there are Moonlight, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, Hereditary, Eighth Grade, Mid-90s, Midsommar, The Lighthouse, and Uncut Gems. So good. Uh. It's so good, right? It's incredible. Yeah, and uh, I'm, as you know, I'm not usually one to look up upcoming movies. I refer you to our discussion of spoilers and Serially Hooked. God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I don't. I didn't mean that. I just like the general discussion we had at one of in one of the earliest episodes. Not the fact that you spoiled me, <laughs> which is fine. It's fine. It's not that bad. 
Um, but yeah, so one movie they're distributing uh, that's coming out at some point is called The Green Knight, which is an adaptation of the famous poem Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, and which stars Dev Patel and Alicia Vikander, both of whom, as you know, Richard, I quite like. Mm. Um, and the project that is in development right now, uh, though, don't, don't get too excited, people, because there is such a thing as development hell. Uh, is the movie adaptation of Ocean Vuong's debut novel On Earth Will Be Briefly Gorgeous. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention some other companies which have a similarly good track record. I think Annapurna Pictures is up there with A24, maybe even maybe even better in terms of like incredible movies, as is Neon and Plan B. Um, if you look through their lists of movies they have been involved with, uh, you'll definitely find a lot of great movies too. And uh, yeah, so this has been a little different from what we usually venture into, but I just wanted to take the opportunity to give uh, you, uh, Rashad, and you, the listener, a peek into my uh, movie lover mind and how I come across movies, at least sometimes. After all, a movie recommendations list with close to 150 entries doesn't write itself. <laughs> and yeah. The floor is open to questions. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I guess I'm the only one on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Have, did you see uh, Minari? This year's uh, Oscar nominee or Best Picture Oscar nominee? Not, not yet. No, I haven't really had time to watch movies. Oh, fair enough. I haven't watched it either. I've been waiting to watch mm. it for a while. I want, kind of, want to go see it in cinemas. Yeah. So, dare I ask you to maybe give us either your favorite A24 film, top three or top four A24 films. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't thought about this really. Yeah. Um, and it'd be cool to just see what you think, or at least a few that you have stories related to. Yeah. Okay. So, hmm. okay, I'm going to talk about a few ones. First off, I'm going like kind of chronologically here. Lock, okay. which is... It's basically just a guy having phone calls while he's driving a car. That is basically what this movie is. I mean, I love Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is amazing. Yeah, put him in anything and I'm happy. And I really like movies that are heavily focused on dialogue. My most beloved example is the Before films, um, which I don't know. Have you watched them? No. Oh, so it's basically two people walking through a city talking all the time oh that's fun and uh, i really recommend them i mean if you're into that kind of thing um so yeah luck again it's he is like having phone calls with i think four different people and it's amazing what it's a really it's a real character study and i'm just in love with this sort of genre and that's a really good example of of it so it's definitely up there. The same kind of goes for Lady Bird by Greta Gerwig, who I really, really admire. She makes a lot of great movies. Um, Lady Bird also has, has uh, one of my favorite actresses, uh, Saoirse Ronan, uh, who I, I don't know, I guess I, I have like a movie crush on. I, she's one of these uh, actresses that I just, you know, if she's in a movie, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to watch that. Uh, because uh, I think she's great. What else? I mean, 
Moonlight, obviously, is amazing. Barry Jenkins is a great director. He has this great, he has this, I don't know, his movies just feel so, I don't know, they have a very special feeling about them. And the like, it's also shot beautifully. Yeah, I mean, First Reformed is the only movie here that I haven't watched. Wow, of all their films? You've no, only... no, 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 of the ones that are listed, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. So, so there are a few that I haven't watched, but uh, things like Room, The Green Room and uh, First Reformed are definitely high on the list of movies I really want to watch. I've heard great things about them. I don't even, I mean, I know the premise of The Green Room, but apart from that, I know nothing about them. Nice. I don't know. I, maybe at some point I'm going to watch Midsommar. I hate horror movies, but this one I might look at just because it's that good. And has another wa- another actress that I really like, Florence Pugh, in it. She's great. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, in terms of, of directors, I mean, you know, The Lobster and the Killing of a Sacred Deer by Yorgos Lanthimos. I mean, I, I like The Lobster fine. I think The Favorite is his best so far. The Favorite is, I think, much better than The Lobster. Yeah, way better. But the, I enjoyed The Lobster for sure. Yeah. I don't know. It was a little. It's weird, and I love that. But I think when I watched it, I wasn't in the mood for it. Oh, I really wasn't in the mood for it. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, you know, it, I, I should probably watch it again. So yeah, that those are some of my favorites. What about you? Obviously, Ex Machina. Yeah, of course. It's just such a great film, and I remember, you know, I think that the story in which I, the context in which I went into watching it, just mm-hmm. made it so much better. Just mm-hmm. like the alternative was so bad that this is amazing um i love capital l eighth grade mm-hmm. it is just such a touching story so well done i, I just find it fascinating i uh, it's just so good what else off the top of my head what can i think of mm. i mean while you're thinking i'm really intrigued by mid 90s which is the uh, uh, directorial debut of jonah hill and also Uncut Gems, I haven't seen yet. Oh, I liked Uncut Gems. Which, from from what I perceive, is the is the only good Adam Sandler movie because, and that's like his first kind of serious role. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. being too harsh, but uh, I am not one for his kind of comedy, and so I'm very intrigued in people who venture into a different genre of movies that they usually are and do it well. And do it well, yes. Yeah, it definitely, you know, I liked Uncut Gems. Mm. Yeah, there was things about it that I really did like, things that I didn't like. It it wasn't a perfect movie for sure. But yeah, it's just, there's so many good movies on this. I mean, Swiss Army Man is probably the weirdest movie I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) It is so weird. Uh, But it's so good. I just love when movies take a risk. Mm. I'm trying to think, it's like you try to categorize a24 films under a certain umbrella Mm. and i don't know i think so what i will say maybe this is wrong maybe this is right every film that they make is bold yes and that could mean a myriad of different things whether that be adam sandler going trying something um dark whether that be a story about korean immigrants in rural america whether that be a poignant commentary on a reliance on technology um, and what and what does it really mean to be human with ex machina or just the typical lives of an eighth grader in eighth grade or, you know, struggles of 
intersectional stru- intersectional struggles with being a black gay man in the, in modern society and it's just or just swiss army men which is <laughs> just which is just bonkers yeah exactly so i think that they're not afraid to be bold and that's what makes them and each movie that they come out with interesting because when you are bold and try to create something actively unique then you mm. really have the ability to capture a singular voice and capture an audience in a way that something that is generic can never do. Thank you for like taking us on this journey through A24. It's amazing to kind of delve into the different side of uh, the film industry for a little bit. And we talk a lot about it with reference to, we talk about it with reference to Star Wars more than we do with other stuff. Mm. Um, But the entertainment is still an industry and we need companies like this that are willing to take swings at less widespread films and more upcoming filmmakers to really widen the scope of the future of cinema and you know when there are people who complain about the uh marvelification whatever you want to say whatever you want to call it the the mcu or superhero films taking over all of cinema and destroying the fabric of what it of creative filmmaking i would argue that there are also production companies out there that are really doing a good job in creating and promoting active and creative voices in film so yeah thanks to a24 thanks to a24 for so many i mean also to everyone involved in making the movies but also a24 you're great if you liked what you heard leave us a review on apple podcasts Five stars. If you didn't like the show, why are you still listening? Five stars. If you want to get in touch, there are a few ways you can do that. Email. Write us an email to hello at seriallyhooked.com. Website. You can check out our website and suggest future topics at seriallyhooked.com. Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at seriallyhooked. If you like the show, tell a friend or 10. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. It really makes a difference and helps people discover the show. Thanks. Oh, man. Speaking of rabbit holes. Wait a second, I need to take a drink because I'm making weird mouth sounds. I mean, shouldn't that be the name of this podcast? Touche.